We're in week three of our road trip series. During the first week, we looked at Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus and the benefits of the road. Last week, we explored the parable of the Good Samaritan and how we romanticize the road at our peril. Today, we probe a remarkable gem of a story that takes place entirely on a wilderness road. Our characters are a deacon named Philip and an Ethiopian eunuch. There is no biblical celebrity in our story. Philip isn't exactly a leading man. With Philip, it's a little like going to a movie, expecting George Clooney and settling for Adam Sandler. Philip wasn't cast into this role. His first job in the early church was as a deacon in Jerusalem. He cared for widows. He made sure that they were fed and not neglected. But when Saul starts persecuting the Jerusalem church, Philip and others are scattered. Philip ends up in Samaria. If you remember the story of the Good Samaritan from last week, Samaria is foreign enemy territory. But even there, Philip is an evangelist in the best sense of the word. He preaches good news about Jesus, and many are baptized. After that, an angel tells Philip to go to a road in the middle of nowhere, a wilderness road that stretches from Jerusalem to Gaza. Philip doesn't question the angel's instruction. He goes, and there on the road in the middle of the desert, he sees a chariot. The spirit urges him again, go over to this chariot and join it. Philip starts running in the desert alongside the chariot. When I got my driver's license at age 16, my father had a talk with me about hitchhiking. He warned me against it. He didn't want me to hitchhike. And now that I was driving, he certainly didn't want me to pick up anyone who was hitchhiking. After that warning, I followed my dad's instructions. I've never hitchhiked or picked up someone who was. Only later in life did my dad share with me that he himself had hitchhiked across the country after high school. How many of you have ever hitchhiked? How many of you have picked up a hitchhiker? The Spirit tells Philip to join the chariot. Philip hitches a ride. I wonder if the same spirit also tells the Ethiopian to pick up the Jewish jogger. Philip hitches a ride. Hot, sweaty Philip climbs in and sits down next to a stranger. This foreigner in the chariot is a eunuch who's been castrated so as not to threaten the female ruler whom they serve. 
If the, if the Ethiopian eunuch were alive today, they would use they, them pronouns. To honor their identity, I'm going to use they, them pronouns to refer to our traveler for the rest of the sermon. It can take a minute to adjust to different pronouns. I won't do this perfectly, but I'm going to try. I hope my trying offers hospitality and welcome to this human being who is a triple outsider, being differently gendered, of different nationality, and of different skin color. How I wish this Ethiopian had a name. Here are some things we know. They are the minister of the treasury for the Ethiopian queen. They are a person of means and education, wealthy enough to possess an expensive scroll of Isaiah. They are literate and can read. They know privilege and exclusion. Philip hears them reading from the prophet Isaiah. He asks a bold question. Do you understand what you're reading? How will the foreigner react to this intrusive question from a stranger? The Ethiopian eunuch does something uncharacteristic of people of wealth and privilege. They ask for help. In a recent study, 2,000 Americans were asked at what point they ask for help when starting something new. It turns out 73% of us don't or won't ask for help before we absolutely need it. Being on the road can exacerbate our stubborn tendencies. Think about road trips from your childhood. Did you grow up with a parent or other adult who wouldn't ask for help even when lost or clearly beyond their capacity? Do you find it easy to ask for help? How many of you would rather suffer or even have suffered rather than ask for help? The eunuch asks for help. How can I understand what I'm reading unless someone guides me? These two strangers sit beside one another. What does it feel like to be in the car with someone you've just met? Someone you don't know at all? It helps break the ice if we have something to talk about, something to work on together. Together, Philip and the foreigner lean over the scroll of Isaiah. They discuss and ponder the scripture from chapter 53. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb, silent before its shearer, so he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him for his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch is drawn to this one who was humiliated and rejected 
for good reason, rejection and humiliation is all too familiar. Hebrew scripture in Deuteronomy 23 makes it clear that eunuchs aren't welcome in worship. They want to know who this reading is about. Philip senses an opening and jumps right in. He talks about Jesus, who himself was rejected and humiliated. Jesus, who preached good news, who healed and taught, who gathered unlikely people together into community. A community like family, where no one is excluded. The eunuch is silent, listening, thinking. Did 10 minutes go by or two hours? I like to think they were together long enough to read a bit more of Isaiah, because if they continue reading to chapter 56, there's a surprising passage about God's hope for foreigners, eunuchs in particular. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. God makes a promise of inclusion to eunuchs to all who identify as non-binary. The chariot continues along the road. Suddenly the foreigner speaks up. Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? What a vulnerable question, full of spiritual longing. The heartbreaking reality is that there will always be something to prevent a eunuch from being baptized. Throughout history, the church has been ready to say no based on all kinds of reasons for all kinds of people. Yet our story carries no hint of condemnation. It holds contradictions in tension. It invites us to look to the margins and to make space for someone unexpected. It's a vision of how we can all live together in God's realm. All this happens on the road. Philip was open to the spirit. He doesn't say no. He's wise enough and brave enough so that even baptism happens on the road. The miraculous appearance of water in the desert answers the foreigner's question. Nothing will prevent them from being baptized. Not their ambiguous status as a eunuch, not their nationality, not their riches or their learning, not even being in the middle of nowhere with a stranger named Philip. God's grace runs alongside chariots. God's saving power can't be restrained. Philip draws the circle wide. The eunuch draws wider still. 
In a sense, they convert each other. On the road, profoundly different people share an intimate space and each go on their way rejoicing. The Ethiopian eunuch and Philip discover a new identity in Christ. Because on the road, they both have met a God whose grace is constant, whose love is never-ending, a God who draws the circle wide and draws it wider still. The road trip continues. Amen.